0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Threat Talk. I'm your host, Bob Hanslin, and today we're going to talk about the channel partner landscape for cybersecurity in an attempt to categorize the different kinds of partners, uh, discuss the pros and cons, and share some tips on how to get the most out of your engagements with different kinds of channel partners. Uh, No one can go it alone. We need outside assistance, everything from consulting to providing us the right products to solve our problems. Now, to help us do this, we have invited Amit Singh, who's the technical director for three columns working out of Australia, New Zealand, who's been in the channel for years and is currently involved in delivering some fairly advanced security services to, uh, of course, three columns customers. But in short, he's an ideal resource for us to dig into this topic because he's seen it all. Thanks for joining
1: us, Amit. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to come and Uh, talk about this interesting topic with you.
0: Well, and, you know, I was really excited about it because, I mean, I've worked with channel partners before, but I've never been in the channel. And it changes so much, Uh, particularly, you know, computer services only 10 years ago, there was a fairly short list of the kinds of things you could get. And now it's gotten a lot more complicated. But what it means is it's that somebody who's looking for the right channel partner, sometimes it's hard so I want to jump right in first and let's start by just setting some ground, uh, you know, ground rules about the different kinds of partners. Um, now, of course, most people are familiar with their consumer partners, the ones where you go and you can buy a home laptop and and maybe get some CDs and, you know, whatever you need. Um, but when it comes to enterprise, sometimes uh there's so many different kinds of companies that specialize in certain areas that you might end up working, you know, as an enterprise vendor or a customer, might end up working with several different kinds of partners. So can you kind of help us drill down from an inter- enterprise standpoint, what kinds of partners might
1: they engage with?
0: Some of your customers, what kind of different partners are you working with?
1: Um, sure, Bob. Um, well, there, there is a huge list of type of, you know, uh, partners that exist today. Uh, there are box pushers who are just selling the boxes and um, large companies traditionally have used them for procurement of the, the equipment or licenses, especially with the cloud, uh, the whole landscape has changed because now you can just buy everything online. You know, you don't have to get your expensive hardware delivered to your data centers or anything like that. Um, so so there are there, are, there are marketplace, but then there are, there are partners who I just box pusher selling uh, hardware. Then there's a second uh, tier of um, uh, the, the the partners who not only provide the the appliances or sell devices or sell licenses, they provide you consulting services as well. They are, you know, the the, the typical enterprise would look like a consultant architect who would work with the customer, put together a solution, and then the hardware gets you know, sold to the customer. The, the third type of partners that exist um, are not only consultant, they can consult, they can configure the hardware to give the business outcome that they're looking for or the customers, and they can uh, help customers procure the hardware or the software licenses as well.
0: I think, I think that's a good value. I mean, just that part, because setup and configuration is something they hopefully will be doing once every several years. And so learning and and having to learn all the possibility on, you know, all the different options and how you configure it this way and configure it that way, that's almost a waste of time. They need to know how to do the day-to-day maintenance, but deployment and how to configure it and set it up to reach those goals, they can save a lot of time if they have a channel partner who knows how to do all that, come in and just take care of it, take it off their plate and allow them to get, uh, you know, back to what they really do for a living
1: absolutely correct uh, I think companies should be using a channel partner who have the capability and the certified resources to help them configure uh, I think the whole Apple and uh, likes of Apple and Android have shifted the way uh, the software update used to happen you know now if you look at all the with the cloud adoption every three months there's a new feature. And it's, it's not possible for an enterprise engineer who works in-house to be able to study, test, and implement those features. That's where the, the consulting partners who do this for, for day in, day out, they they deal with these new, new features. They deploy it for many, many customers. So companies should be leveraging that skill set uh, to get the max out of their investment. Uh, and also, uh, not, only, not only that, because the new features are getting introduced on a daily basis, um, you know, are you getting the best outcome? Are the new features uh, fully enabled on your on your platform? So that's why it's very important uh, to make sure that while you you know you're working with a partner, they have in-house capability to help you configure, and not only configure but also manage it ongoing on an ongoing basis if that's possible.
0: Well, yeah, and there's I mean again when you're talking about consultants. Um... You know, I, I th- and I think you use this uh, analogy when you and I first talked about possibly having you on the show and coming out and talk about this. You were talking about doctors because, um, you know, I used to go to a doctor and I talk to the doctor and he'd say, well, you've got this problem. Uh, let me take care of it for you. And they would, you know, sometimes they would do a little bit of surgery or something right there. Um, but today I go talk to the doctors and it's almost like, you know, they want to refer you to somebody else, a specialist. They don't do it themselves. They, they, even my partner doctor outsources a lot of the subservices, but sometimes I would rather have them be the one taking care of and driving everything. And I see that in the computer security side as well. There's a lot of them that, like you said, they're just, just consultants. That's all they do. They come in and give, give you recommendations and then they leave, they charge you for the report. You know, here's 10, $40,000. Um, Thank you. But then there's those that go to the other end of the spectrum. There are those companies that you basically can like outsource your entire security operations center, practically. So your whole SecOps could be outsourced. But there's also a lot of, of gray areas in between. And I know you guys actually offer a range of things in there, right?
1: Yes, that's correct. So, yes, Bob, that's, that's correct. I use this analogy uh, quite a lot. Uh, even when i'm explaining to the customer as in three column you know who we are what we do and why three columns people do ask me this question all the time like why three column you know just another cybersecurity consulting company actually how we differentiate or how these partners can you know companies like us can add more value back to the customer if you look at in the last six seven eight years the the, the it landscape has changed and 10, 15 years ago, it was all just Cisco Cisco switches and Cisco firewall, and that that was it. And all you had to be a CCI certified, and you knew everything about an organization, you know, and you could just run everything. And now if you look at it, there are so many different vendors. On an average, a customer is using over, they're, they're dealing with over 10 different vendors. That means you have to have a capability in-house to manage all different 10 vendors. So... But those ten vendors are becoming far more important, and, and you know, likes of Infoblox, they specialize in the the DNS and the DHCP security. And there are there are other vendors who do, you know, other features really well. So customers are looking for the best of the breed, which is very important considering what's happening with the the cybersecurity world. Mm-hmm. We all familiar with. So partners like you know, Three Column are becoming important, and why? Because not only we can consult not only we can sell the, the product, but we can also configure and manage it 24 by seven for the customers because the customers will need some changes. The customers will look at, at some stage to uh, you know, enhance the feature set. Or sometimes we, when we deliver projects, it's not a project that's delivered you know, in, you know, in, in one go. It could be divided into multiple phases. So when you split a project in multiple phases, you need someone who's got the knowledge from the phase one to phase two to phase three, where, where we are, where are we going? So that's why it's becoming important for the customers. And that's why I, you know, I you know, thought of building three columns because I couldn't find an Australian company that they were doing everything end to end in-house for mm-hmm. their customers.
0: Well, and I want to let my listeners know, because normally we come across the way we intend to be, which is fairly product and service agnostic. But I intentionally brought Amit on today um, because of a Sand survey. Now, we do some uh, podcasts on a variety of Sand surveys, and recently they came out with their annual SOC survey. They do one every year. So the 2023 uh, or 2022 SOC survey just came out a little while ago, and they kind of list, here's all the things that a... True SOC does. And if you're not doing most of these things, you probably don't really have a SOC yet. And that's okay. Companies, Some companies aren't that mature yet. Um, but as you mature, you start having all of these functions that they include in their survey. And what was interesting in it, and the reason why I even reached out to Amit, was because They show that increasingly companies are realizing that so many of these services are things that they don't do or aren't staff, aren't skilled, aren't capable of doing very well. And they're outsourcing more and more of SOC functions. I've been amazed at the kinds of SOC functions that they're being outsourced. So if anybody wants to go see the kinds of functions and how how they're being outsourced. Go back and take a look at the SANS SOC survey. You can find it on the um, Infoblox website. Just look for SANS under white papers. There's about a half dozen of them out there and you'll see the SOC survey. So I, Amit, I wanted to have you on here because the other part here, we're, we're about halfway through our time and I wanna make sure we talk about choosing the right partner because just because somebody offers these services, um, doesn't mean that I really want to turn my multi-million dollar, uh, enterprise network over to them and just do what they recommend. So, um, what are some of the things that somebody can do realistically to just verify, is this partner capable actually doing what I want them to do?
1: Yep. Sure. I think that's, well, I believe that's very easy to, uh, to go and validate that if you're the partner that you're planning to work with have all the right set. So, uh, Couple of things I always recommend to to the customers: uh, go and ask them for the similar kind of projects that they have delivered. That's that's the first, most important. thing. The product that they are or consulting or providing solution, are they partner with that vendor to begin Are the engineers or the consultants certified? You know, in the organization. There need to be more than one person certified in that organization because that has happened in the past. That that many many organizations they will just get one engineer certified, become a certified partner, and you know one that when that engineer leaves, what happens? You know, you got a, a skill gap. So um, that's one thing. But the the one of the most important thing is the industry accreditation. Uh, are they working with with government? Do they have any? Um, you know that builds that credibility. You know.
0: I think the government piece is also becoming more important because, um, I mean, 10 years ago, there were some very basic OPCI DSS you know requirements that you had, it, which basically said, do you have antivirus on your endpoints and do you have a firewall? That was all it really was. But the rules and guidance and requirements at a government level, they just keep coming out and they're adding on top of it. It's getting pretty intense out there. And so that government awareness of, the kinds of regulations you might need to stay on top of. I I think that's extremely critical. Not just do you have your CCISP, you know, do you have all the right letter acronyms, but do you have that government accreditation? I think that's vital.
1: Yes. You know, the engineers and the consultants, especially when you're dealing with large enterprises who hold confidential data, you know, especially the big banks or the insurance companies, you want to make sure the engineers are not just certified, but they have all the right clearances, you know, from government as well. Um, you know, so that's very important. But the, the last important thing, which I believe is the accreditation for company, you know, uh, like, for example, three column, we are, we are ISO certified, we are Crest accredited. So that sort of certification that that brings in that credibility, uh, you know, that's assessed by a third party, that we have all the right controls and procedure in place to ensure um, data safety or you know, the third party reduction of risk that every company is looking at at the moment. So that's very important.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of companies, they just kind of look for what's your SLA. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's, uh, that, that's um, table stakes at best, It's a given. But as you describe this, I'm, I'm envisioning in my mind kind of a table here. There, there's the row of uh, the company level, and then there's the individuals within the company. And then there's two columns. And one is, do they have industry certifications? But then there's also government accreditation. Again, all of this at both a company level and an individual level, um, because I've been bit by that myself, where um, I've outsourced services to an organization. At the time, they actually had three people on staff that were certified in my ability uh, that I needed those capabilities. And a year later, all three were gone, and they'd never hired anybody back. And, uh, yeah, but I didn't know that until all of a sudden the, the service I was paying for um, started having problems, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> now, again, um, uh, I just want to make sure everybody's aware that part of the reason why uh, and, and the main reason why we have Amit here today. Um, and we plan on bringing him back a couple more times. We want to drill into some of these services in detail, but um, the, the, the channel landscape, it continues to get. Um, more and more granular there's people who specialize in different areas but sometimes you need the right mix of of skill set because uh amit you gave that example of stage one stage two stage three those are different projects but they only work if they've been planned and implemented in a way that helps them be integrated and, and work properly i mean they get pretty complicated today's solutions are not that easy
1: that's true. Uh, the, the solutions, uh, the, the good thing with the, the whole cloud and the API integration, all the solution, all the, these products, they communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. So one of the thing that I, I also, uh, encourage, you know, companies to look at the new MSPs or the, the, the channel partners that they would like to work with, make sure they have the, the you know, the depth and the breadth of, uh, capability, not just one product you know there could be one company a specialized one well unfortunately these products talks to a wide range you need a you need a, any security solution it needs to integrate into a seam solution and if mm-hmm. it needs to integrate into a seam solution it needs to somehow integrate into your azure active directory or your identity platform pam platform and other security platform threat intelligence so you need a partner who who understand all of this and can get the best outcome you know for for you
0: well, particularly in the cloud, um, I mean, number one, uh, I do know of a couple of companies that could probably make the claim that they're 100% cloud, but that's an exception. The fact is, the world is hybrid. You've got some physical stuff, you've got some virtual stuff, and you've got some cloud stuff. Uh, and virtual and cloud are not always the same either, so keep that in mind. But you know, the people, particularly in the cloud, cloud vendors. They're a lot like the Cisco's of the world were 10, 15 years ago where they said, well, if you want that, you need to buy the Cisco. You know, you need to buy the Cisco this and the Cisco that and the Cisco. And it only worked and integrated if you had all the Cisco stuff. Um, A couple of security vendors, you know, McAfee was like that. The semantics, they had their huge infrastructure and only could talk integration. But only if you had their stuff, that's the stuff that integrated um, today, it's gotten better. A lot of that has gotten better. Um, uh, Amazon Web Services, Azure, they are a lot more open than you know the hardware platforms of a decade ago. But still, they're not going to be that open uh, about how to make their stuff work with somebody else's stuff. And that's where people like you come in, right? I mean, that's where you're spending a lot of time uh, as far as consulting is on that integration front,
1: right? That's that's correct. Um, because there, there is a, Big problem in the in the market. You know, there are AWS architects who set up the businesses, and now they're only capable of delivering projects within AWS and Amazon. Um, you know, if you look at uh, you know, and and there is another layer of problem as well. So if you give any engineer a firewall, I think there's a lack of knowledge or skill set around cloud. There's still a big gap in the market, I believe. So if you take any engineer, give them a Cisco firewall they know how to configure that appliance, plug in the console cable, and they'll just know how to configure it. But if you give the same engineer a Cisco firewall in the cloud, they just don't know how to set it up because they just, know, they just don't understand cloud. So that's why it's, it, it's becoming far more important for companies when they're looking at skill set or the capability of a, of a channel partner, do they have cloud capability in-house?
0: Yeah, and, and you pointed out during our early conversation that it's not just the capability, but the fact that you've done these things before. When somebody comes to you and engages you in in a new, uh, you know, in, in a new contract, you're not just bringing your expertise, but you're also bringing templates and things like that that you've used successfully in the past. So you're actually able to do it faster because you're reusing things that you'd already developed for for other solutions in the past. Right?
1: That's correct. Because sometimes customers go. I have this product, I know I need it because of a compliance, how do I use what other companies have done it? And that's where the use cases. So we talk about, you know, typical use cases, hey, here are the 10 top use cases, what do you think about that? And then that's where we we do the consulting and we educate the customer how we can use this product better and what and how we can modify the use cases to meet uh, their infrastructure requirements.
0: Yeah. So to summarize, again, what you'd mentioned earlier is that obviously you start with finding a partner that has familiarity with the, the tools and the, and the services that you're going to be working with, but also make sure that they have those certifications, those accreditations um, that prove that they're capable, not just they, they offer it, not that they just say that they've done it, but some sort of evidence that says they've done it well. And that gives you uh, the, the, the backing that you need to, to spend that money. That's um, now, before we leave, um, you, you know, I've talked to you before. I want, want to have you come back and we'll talk. Uh, I want to really dig into red teaming, blue teaming, uh, and some of that uh, in another session. But um, today, for any last advice for our listeners who are wondering how the best way to use a channel partner,
1: just make sure they're fully qualified, they have you know depth of services, just just do the due diligence, they have all the certification, uh, they have all the staff in-house. that's very important, you know in my opinion because when you when the companies engage contractors, sometimes there's there's a knowledge is not properly transferred or documentation is not done properly. So it's very important to you know to make sure they have the capability in-house to deliver the outcome for the business.
0: Well, I really want to thank uh, Three Columns, actually, for uh, lending us you today. Thanks for being with us, Amit.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the invitation, Bob. Really, appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And I want to thank you, all of our viewers and listeners, for your time. Join us next time as we continue our efforts to help you stay on top of cybersecurity and ahead of cyber risks on Threat Talk.